soon, soon, faithful warriors come to rest. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, send us the Spirit and guard us from the arrows and darts of the evil one who seeks for our destruction of body and soul. Send your holy angels to protect and guide us and bless the words that are spoken to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, who is the head of his church. If you wish, with inside your bulletin, you may take notes. Notice the themes of the notes. They're sort of like uh, undercurrent to the message. So it's written in your notes, so we're going to be like an undercurrent, undercurrent to what is spoken to you today. Today, Sunday, September 29th, is an interesting day in the church, for it's the day in which the church celebrates St. Michael and all angels Sunday is a day in which a church celebrates the blessings that God has given to us through St. Michael and all the angels and their work among the church. So it's a unique Sunday, Sunday, September 29th. So our Lord prays for us in the church, and his prayer is in that we are taking out of the world, because while we live in the world, we are not of the world, so Jesus doesn't pray that we're removed from the world, for we're here to touch the world. But Jesus prays that the Heavenly Father would protect us from the evil one. John 17, Jesus teaches in a prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in which we pray every Sunday in worship, and what we pray, many of us pray daily, deliver us from evil, or a different translation would be, deliver us from who? the evil one. For you and I, believers in Jesus, we are in constant spiritual assail from that old enemy, the old evil foe, Satan, who seeks the ruin of our body and soul. So Jesus said, I have come that I might destroy the works of the devil. He's come to destroy the devil's work. St. Matthew tells us that when judgment day comes, that hell which has been prepared for the devil and his demons will take place and also thrown into hell with them will be those who reject the grace of Jesus Christ. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil who assails us. So in the book of Revelation in John's, St. John given a revelation from God, and as Jesus says, Jesus fulfills with us what the rest of the scriptures don't speak as clearly about. In scripture, Jesus says, There was a war in heaven, the great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world, and he is hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So Jesus shares with us that during creation, when the angels were created, that that devil, Lucifer, he disrespected God, he rebelled against God, he was thrown down on earth. And so you and I, believers in Jesus, we have to deal with the devil and his tricks of his trade, his assail on God's church for us believers. There's a spoiler alert. I'll let you know. If you haven't seen the movie Unbroken, I recommend that you see it. I won't give it all away, but I'll share with you a number of things in the movie. The movie Unbroken is about a very talented high school distant runner by the name of Louis Zamperini. He uh, is a, probably the best high school runner in America at that time in the Los Angeles area, and he qualifies for the 1936 Olympics, which are going to be held in Berlin, Germany. 
as he boards a train to go from the West Coast to the East Coast to get to the Berlin Olympics in 1936, his older brother looks at him and says, remember, a moment of pain is worth what? A lifetime of glory. I know the Olympics are going to be hard. He runs in a 5,000-meter race. But just imagine this, little brother. If you work really hard, you go through all the pain, maybe you will be awarded with a medal. Now, he's just a young kid here, the 1936 Olympics. So Louis also believes that he'll be able to run in the 1940 and 1944 Olympics. But were there a 1940 and 1944 Olympics? What? No, because of what? World War II. So what he thought by winning a medal, he'd find out that a moment of glory, a moment of pain is worth eternity and glory in a very different way. He serves an American bomber crew in the Pacific, shot down on a rescue mission, and he becomes, see there's some thing about the Middle Olympics, he becomes a prisoner of the Japanese Empire. There he's tormented specifically by one man. So the words of the brothers still bear true. A moment of pain is worth the eternity of glory in a different way. For he becomes an inspiration to New Zealanders and Australians and great British soldiers and airmen who are also shot down or part of the prisoners with him there. Now, I'm not going to give the whole movie away, as I say, as a spoiler alert, but he soon comes to realize that forgiveness and grace is the best way out of it. So I'm going to have a spoiler re- uh, alert. He does return to Japan as a much older man, and he participates in the Olympics, not as an athlete, but he helps the Japanese carry the torch to its base city. A moment of pain is worth an eternity of glory tormented. He learns the blessings of forgiveness, which is really this past week, red letter challenge verse, which is, forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those who trespass against us. A moment of pain is worth an eternity of glory. That's sort of like you and I who are constantly being assailed by the devil. You know, it's sort of interesting whenever we talk about the devil. So let me share with you from this perspective. There are two Lutheran pastors who do ministry together. One's from the United States, and the other Lutheran pastor is from Africa. So let me make this clear to everybody. The largest grouping of Lutherans is no longer in North America, but it's in Africa. There are more Lutherans in Ethiopia right now than there are Lutherans in North America. While the Lutheran Church in America and Western Europe continues to dwindle, the Lutheran Church in parts of Africa and Asia explodes. And so they do ministry together, but they look at life in different ways. For example, if a pastor gets a flat tire, that happened to me last fall. I got a flat tire, I was running a car, and the jack didn't work, so I had to wait four hours for a tow truck to come. Now, to me, somebody was careless with their screws and nails, so I blame the flat tire on what? Construction zone. Don't you like, remember? You ever go through a construction zone, got to be careful because there's a lot of wood on the roads. Nails and tires. That's what I would say as a Lutheran American pastor, but a pastor from Africa would say what? The devil put it there. Why? Well, for four hours you sat on the side of the road, you couldn't do ministry. Different ways of looking at things. Or for example... If there's noise during devotions, I cannot tell you how many times during a hospital call or shut-in call or ministering to somebody that I get ready to open my mouth and speak God's word and there's a large commotion. Kids running down the hallway, a cart tips over, something's going on where there's a lot of noise, especially at the point where I'm getting ready to share God's word. Now, as an American pastor, I say, what? A mere chance. 
Somebody tipped over a cart, the kids were just not being properly supervised, or there's something going on. The pastor, the Lutheran pastor from Africa, would say what? The devil caused that noise. The devil doesn't want you to speak God's word, so he interrupted that. Ooh, let's do another one. Gone fishing during worship. I can't relate to that, okay? <laughs> there are some people who fish on Sunday mornings. So Lutheran pastors, we all sort of realize that the fish always seem to bite during worship service, okay? Yeah, I caught a bunch. Not me, I went Sunday evening. <laughs> fish always seem to bite. Now there's two ways in which we view that. The American pastor would say, well, the fish just happen to be biting, the wind's coming in the right direction, it's in the morning, they're feeding, whatever. But the pastor from Africa would say what? The devil puts him on the hook. So guess what you're doing next Sunday? Going what? Fishing, because the fishing's what? Great, let's do one more, okay? I've experienced this. I was at a gathering where there was a big storm. We're at the Red Rocks Amphitheater, 8,000 feet up in the Rocky Mountains, west of Denver, and a nasty storm came, hail and rain. But the worst part was that the temperature dropped 40 degrees, so we're all freezing. Now to me, how I saw that was that uncertain weather. You know, thunderstorms pop up all the time in the Rocky Mountains. You have to be prepared. And they've been told to be prepared. But a Lutheran pastor from Africa might say, what? The devil wanted us to scatter. You see, there's different ways that we view things, especially for you and I who live in a scientific world of nothing but what we can touch and see. But nonetheless, the devil is real. Dr. Philip Lockhouse, he's a professor, was a professor at the St. Louis Seminary, Concordia Seminary St. Louis. He warns us two temptations about the devil. One temptation is to what? Take too much interest in him. There are some people that worship the devil. They like his symbol. They like his imagery. They like what he does. There are people who do worship the devil. Take too much interest in him. However, in America, there's probably more people that what? Deny his existence. Those are both temptations. Because Jesus is correct. He did see that dragon, the serpent, thrown out of heaven and tossed on earth where he wreaks havoc. Dr. Martin Luther, the great reformer, says this. The world is a fortress of the devil. And by the way, is our world messed up? Is our nation messed up? Is our community messed up? Well, guess who has his finger in it, causing commotion and stirring the pot and causing problems, divisiveness, hatred, disrespect. So Luther says this, the world is a fortress of the devil and the devil's playground. Now, there's a playground out there for kids. And by the way, we adults have playgrounds too. We like to fish. We like to go to professional ball games. Some like to go to Vegas. Some like to go to Disney World. Everybody has their playgrounds, but the world is a devil's playground where he messes things up. He has a good time in the world, stirring the pot, causing friction and causing pain. So Luther says that old evil foe seeks us woe. The reformer goes on to say this, the world is the kingdom of the devil and he is its Lord, Prince, and God. Some people say, I don't believe in God. The world's too messed up. Well, God is God, but Lucifer sort of has a reign here on earth. 
He, he owns the world in many ways. What else does Luther say? Saying attempts to undermine the preaching of the word and sows doubt and uncertainty into believers. Do you remember the parable our Lord taught? There was that decent farmer who sowed a great field of wheat and his servants went and made sure it was wealthy and well taken care of. And what happens? At night, the adversary comes in and scatters weeds into that field. That's what the devil does. He sows uncertainty in our mind. He sows doubt into our mind. So you and I, especially the church, we are under the attacks of the devil, and the closer we get to God, the more defensive the devil gets. And so to all of this, Christ our Lord says, the devil is the what? The father of what? Lies. Now we know where the best liar is. A best liar, the great liar, is someone who says 90% truth and 10% what? Falsehood. Yet great liars know how to scheme. He's a father of lies. He's a prowling lion seeking someone to devour who's not watching themselves. A murderer from the beginning and the prince of darkness. For Christ himself came to defeat the works of the devil who's always throwing darts and arrows at God's church. And so to that, especially today, for us who live in a moment of pain here on earth, God sends angels. St. Michael, he's sort of like the alpha angel. He fights against Lucifer in the eternal realms. He protects us. Angels fight against the dragon, the evil one, as it says in Revelation, they lost their place in heaven. So, oh, we'll come back. So what are angels? As Hebrews says, are not all angels. Ministering spirits sent to those who will inherit salvation. Now, I don't know if all of us believers here each have a guardian angel, but each one of us believers are promised protection by an angel. God says that. Angels are here to protect people who are going to heaven. That's what they're sent for. Now, in American culture, much of what is said about angels you can throw right into the dumpster because it's nonsense. Do you ever hear the show Touched by an Angel? Nobody should want to be touched by an angel because we probably wouldn't live. Angels are not to be touching us. They protect and they guide us. Or this, angels among us. Yes, but they're among us in a different way. They protect our hearts and souls and our faith in Jesus. Probably the biggest whopper of them all I see all the time in Facebook. My great uncle just died and he's now a what in heaven? An angel in heaven. That's really bad. No one becomes an angel in heaven. They're a totally different creation from God. We, human beings, are made in the image of God. Male and female, he made us. Even the angels look down upon us with joy that we have such a place with God in heaven. People do not become angels. Totally different, separate creation from God. And we believe in the resurrection of the dead. That when Christ comes back, if we're dead, our bodies will be what? Raised. We will not be raised as angels, but with heavenly bodies like our Lord had. Most of the stuff you see on TV about angels, throw right in the dumpster. Read God's word. They are ministering spirits sent to us. Angels fight for us in the heavenly realm. They protect us and bring service to us. Hence, what kept the lion's mouth shut when Daniel was thrown in there for refusing 
to be a blasphemer? Who protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? There's many people who believe, and some have shared with me, that in some dire moments of their life, in desperate situations, they believe an angel of God came and helped protect and save them. I have spoken to Christians who said their loved ones saw angels at the end of the bed right before they were going to what? Die. That's all very believable. For they are ministering spirits sent for us, just like St. Michael, who fights that old satanic foe. And by the way, as Luther says in his classic hymn, on earth, Lucifer has no equal. Not one of us can deal with him. But God does send us St. Michael and Angel to fight him. But most importantly, they're messengers of God who herald salvation events. They come and share with us Jesus Christ. They are there when Mary was told she was having Jesus. They announced to the shepherds that Jesus was born. They were around when Jesus died, and they were around when Jesus rose from the dead. Angelos, messengers, they always herald those events that bring you and I salvation. So while the devil has no equal on earth, there is a champion who comes and fights for us. Who? Jesus Christ. And so John says this. Now I have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, for Jesus who died forgave us and gave us eternal victory. So today, we who live in moments of pain on this earth know we have eternal glory through the blood of the Lamb and through angels that are sent to serve us. We also pray this in Luther's catechisms. In the morning and the evening prayer, those words sound familiar? Let your holy angel be with who? Me, that the evil power may have no power over me. So today, we who live in moments of pain on this earth are grant eternal glory from our Lord. And God sends us St. Michael's and angels to protect us and to serve us, for us who have salvation. So for our closing thought, this is from the hymnal. It shares with us the joy of angels. Can you read it with me? They never. And all God's people say.